Welcome to Markets and News, Signal to Noise. I'm pro-farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesemeyer. Our guest today is U.S. Senator John Bozeman, Republican from Arkansas. He's ranking member of the Senate Ag Committee and a key player. Good afternoon, Senator. Thank you for your time, because I know you've been very, very busy. Where have you been and and what have you found out recently as far as uh, information gathering? Well, I've been all over. Recently, I was in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, Fargo, North Dakota, uh, Anchorage, Alaska, going to be in Texas next week. So we really are getting all over the country. And the thing that I'm learning is is how diverse agriculture is yeah. and that it can't be a one-size-fits-all. Okay. Well, with that in mind, uh, we know the big issues that have to be decided on, but let's first go on. It's obvious you're going to have to have an extension of the current farm bill, but uh, history tells me that you don't have to do that right away. You can go until, you know, the end of the year before you really go for an extension. Uh, Am I correct? Yes, sir. They're telling us that that we should be in good shape until... uh you know, like you say, the end of the year, 1st of January in that time frame. Uh, so uh, we shouldn't have to do a whole lot if we do. And we are going to run late. When you look at the calendar, we come back uh, right after uh, Labor Day. The House comes back the week later. We've got all of the appropriation stuff to get sorted out. So we've got a lot to do. And uh, there's simply not going to be enough time. Okay. On the actual Senate Farm Bill timeline, when, when will you, you have any parameters of when you'll drop a draft bill? Uh, because uh, uh, I know historically you don't want to drop it too soon relative to floor action because, you know, like fish, it gets, <laughs> it gets old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're the good news is, is that Senator Stabenow, and I get along very, very well. Our staffs get along. They're working hard. They're putting things on paper. Uh, there's a lot of dynamics in the House uh, and, and dynamics in the Senate. So I, I can't really tell you exactly when we'll come out with a, uh, you know, with a rough draft or a, a final bill or whatever. But I think we are making headway. And uh, our commitment, we'd really like to get this thing done before the end of the year. I think you get into presidential politics next year and it gets even more difficult. Okay. After you, whenever you release a draft, Senator, how, how long after that will you have a committee markup in your estimation? Well, I'm like, you. Yeah, you know, you, you want to get this thing done. You want to get it to the point that everyone has uh, time to, to look at it, digest it. On the other hand, you don't want it hanging out for months and months and months uh, before things done. So I can't give you an exact timeline, but, but I think my thinking is, is as you suggested earlier. Okay. Now, uh, you know, Senator Klobuchar, I, uh, she gave a speech at a meeting this week in, in, in Minnesota that I attended and she, she keeps on saying the Senate's going to go first. And I didn't, she didn't take any questions. What, what does she mean by that? going first well i think that there you know that there is a, a you know a fair chance of that happening i incidentally i had the opportunity to go and be with her she asked me to come out and uh 
uh, go to, to Minnesota and look at all that's going on there, which is one of our major ag states. Uh, that's the nice thing about the farm bill is it's regions of the country, it's crops and things. It's not really a partisan issue. So, uh, but I would agree. I think there's a, you know, a fair chance of us doing that. Uh, I think myself and Senator Stabenow, Senator Klobuchar, have, you know, people like that have really good relationships with our House colleagues, uh, Congressman Thompson and Scott. And so, I, I, you know, I think we'll all work together and just do it however we feel like it would be best in order to get the final product done. Okay. And by the way, Klobuchar was very complimentary of you in the meetings that she ha- held, by the way. I know you know that, but well, she said I, that publicly as well. <laughs> yeah. No, I like I say, that's the great thing about about this. This is just everybody working together, you know, working hard for r- rural America for our farmers. Okay. And not- more importantly, our consumers in the sense of keeping, you know, a, you know, a, a cheap, safe product more so than any place else in the world. True. Now, uh, G.T. Thompson was also up in Minnesota, the House Ag Committee chairman. Uh He now he's been saying he wants not just an effective farm bill, but a very effective farm bill. Now, that gets us into the issues uh, uh, on Title One. I know you were right out of the uh, right out of the slot on this one saying you want an increase in reference prices. I'm assuming for all all program crops, right? Well, I've been right out of the right out of the chute from the very start, and I'm glad that you recognize it, uh, saying not only that we need an increase in reference prices, we need to make sure, and this is really important, let's get this right, that our risk management tools, whatever they are, crop insurance, dairies, you know, has issues, uh, all of the risk management tools, ARC, PLC, looking at the, the uh, loan limit, you know, things like that. All of that needs to be brought up to date. We're in a totally different world than we were a year and a half ago. I'll give you a good example. The average the average farm loan is about $335,000. Don't hold me to this exactly, but some more, some less. To service that note in uh, March of 2021, it cost between nine dollars and $10,000. Now you're looking at twenty-three dollars to $24,000. So, Farmers' expenses have gone up dramatically. Every chart that I've seen, and and you can show me a different one, shows commodity prices struggling in the future. We simply have to get our risk management tools, which come from the 2018 Farm Bill five years ago, which a lot of that data comes from 2012. So I, I've really been very clear about this. I, why would we lock our farmers in for five years at the same thing with 2012 data? So I, I feel very strongly about this. I think that the risk management tools, all of them, are the are the basis of the farm bill. This is what allows the farmers to go to the bank and borrow the money that they need to go forward. Right now, if you take if you take land values out of the equation, the return of investment for a farmer is 2%. You can get two and a half times that now with the CD at the local bank. So yes. these are big things. And uh, again, I, you can tell that I'm, I'm pretty passionate about it. But it's not, it's not just reference prices. It's across the board. We simply have to help our farmers 
as they go forward to handle the uh, the risk and be able to go to the bank. And it's going to be tougher because our banks are under uh, increased scrutiny because of the problems they're having to get the loans that they need to go forward. Yes. So can I deduce from that that if you do indeed drop a bill with your signature on it, you're supportive. You think that there are effective risk management tools embodied in the bill that you release. Yes, I, I don't see any reason to have a farm bill uh, if you don't change it and, and again, help the, uh, the risk management tools. I was in Fargo, North Dakota, and I thought a lady summed it up best. Her comment was, we need more farm in the farm bill, and I believe yes. that very, very strongly. Okay. Now, I don't want to get too in 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 the weeds here, but uh, let's go either both, both both for the reference prices and a potential base update. Where yeah, yeah, uh, you, you know your latest comments on that? Is the funding there for for both of those key elements? No, the funding is not is not there yet. We've got to find the funding. Uh, again, for reference prices, as I said earlier, all of the, you know, ARC, you know, reference prices, PLC, uh, crop insurance, making sure all of those are up to date, and, and that's going to cost some money. And so that's what we're working on now, very, very hard to do that. I'm very much not in favor of mandatory base acre up, update. That's the kind of thing that divides farmers what you're doing is is having winners and losers but even within that you you might have a state that actually comes out ahead on that and within that state you'll have significant losers uh, among people with a mandatory base acre update so what you're doing is taking you know that's that's a big cost saver you're actually yes. taking a bunch of money out of rural america uh, right now, 53% of our county's lost population in the last census uh, in Arkansas. In fact, I was in I was in Indiana, and, and of course, immediately you know people start googling to see what uh, you know what their ratio was. It turned out 53% of the counties in Indiana had lost population. This is what's going on in rural America, and so you're you know we're we're losing wealth. The idea of taking farmers from farmers and then somehow giving it back to them in a different form and saying you should be grateful, I just totally disagree with. Okay, what California, about us? And again, these are not just southern states and stuff. The biggest yes. loser, I believe, is California. Hmm. Uh, what about a selective base uh, update, say, for, for, for beginning farmers or farmers with no base, Senator? Yeah, I, I'm again, this is something that I'm, we're all struggling with. We simply have to figure out what we can do for those that would like to get involved in agriculture and, and how they can, you know, what the path forward is as far as actually making it. And when you start penciling it out right now, uh, to be honest, it just doesn't work. The average age of our farmers are 58 because of one thing that I've really seen as I've traveled across the country and, and seen the effects of the, uh, extreme weather that we're having, you know, weather events. Uh, a lot of farmers are in a situation now, they're older. They've been able to get through maybe the, you know, the, the terrible cold of last winter in the places they were in or the flooding or whatever. They're scratching their heads now and just saying, you know, I, I can do this. 
but is it really worth me, you know, just working so, so very hard to make this work? So we've got to have uh, young people and, and anyone, you know, who wants to get into agriculture and certainly trying to create some sort of program, uh, whether it's uh, through base acres, whether it's some other program, uh, we simply have to come up with, I'm not sure what that is, but I'm committed. And I, I think I can speak for the, for the four corners. We're all committed. Uh, you know, the, the committees are committed to trying to figure out with what that program looks like. Yeah, GT had indicated he's looking under every stone that he possibly can to find yeah. additional funding. And I would imagine you are as well. Yeah, you know, you look at you look at the high cost of farmland, the equipment cost, uh, which is going up on a daily basis, uh, interest rates, you know, all of these things. It just makes it so, so very difficult, even for people that have their land, much less for people that are that are trying to get into business and and uh, rent land and, and so or lease land, whatever the whatever the uh, business model is. Yes, but that's something that we simply have to do. Now you mentioned, you know, weather-related disasters. I know you've been out, and I've been out talking to a lot of farmers, and they they usually ask two questions. One, will there be a disaster bill this year relative yeah. to the problems like in Hawaii, California, uh, the you know right. you know the southern states? And two, if there is a program, they hope that it's not going to be implemented like USDA has done for ERP Phase Two. Any comments on both of those angles? No, this this is a real problem, and and you've been around for a while. I've been around for a while. This, you know, in the past, you had disasters, and and Congress might act. You know, they they probably didn't act, or it was you know very short, uh, you know, and and not that helpful. In the recent years, we've actually uh, been able to come up with money, working really hard for our farmers, for rural America to to help with this. The problem is it's not a it's not a given that's going to happen. You know, these are Congress has to act. They have to come to an agreement. By the time they do that, uh, if it's early in the year, it might simply take a, you know over a year to actually get the legislation passed, and then another you know many 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 months to implement. So you're you're looking at maybe two years. What do you do in that interim? So this is another area that, that we simply have to do a better job of. And, and uh, we're spending a lot of money to help farmers. That's a good thing. But uh, I think everybody agrees that we're doing that in a pretty inefficient way. Okay. Some some other issues, uh, uh, you know, Senator, on uh, Proposition 12 relative to the California encroachment on the structure of, of, of the pork industry. Uh, GT and others have indicated they want to put uh, proportions of that legislation into the farm bill to offset some of the negative impacts to the pork industry. Are you in support of that? Well, I think that that's a real problem for the pork industry, and I think it's going to be also, you know, kind of a fore, forerunner of, of other entities running into the same problem where you've got this patchwork of different uh, regulations all over the country. So I'd very much like to do something uh, if we could get that done in the farm bill. I, I, you know, certainly I would vote for it. I think that uh, Congress will be very divided on that, though. And so 
uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see, but, but certainly I'm very much in favor of, uh, you know, uh, the, the opposite of, uh, prop of the proposition and was disappointed with the Supreme court ruling. Uh, so like I say, if we could, if we could get that done in the farm bill, right. On the other hand, I think being realistic, we've got a divided Congress. Yes. Uh, those are the kind of things that, that are difficult to do in, uh, in a bill like that. Two areas that I know, uh, you know, this is my 11th farm bill, by the way, Senator. Uh, <laughs> there's two issues that are given initial lip service, but then when the final month of a farm bill, they usually uh, d- don't follow through. And that's ag research funding and trade yeah. trade promotion funding. Any comments on those two topics? No, but I can tell you what, you know, as, as I go around and you go around as much as anyone, the things that come up are, are, again, making sure that our risk management tools are in place. That's number one, and that comes, from, you know, from all all across the the agriculture segments. Uh, along with that, conservation programs, having conservation programs that we can use, uh, you know, the equip type programs, uh, you know, CSP, you know those kind of things uh, and making sure what's come up recently, you know, in the last year or so is making sure that those programs are not tied, uh, you know, to risk program, uh, risk management, and you know, making sure that, that, that Washington is not somehow dictating you know, how we do that. And you have to be green enough to participate, but you're right. Right after that is research uh, and trade. Trade is, is, is something that our farmers, they understand how vital that is. 40% of the farm products in Arkansas are exported. That would be true throughout the country. And uh, to be honest, I think everybody would give the, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, uh, would give the current administration a very poor grade on trade. We're not doing a good job in that regard. And so, uh, you know, the, the ancillary programs that we have in the farm bill are, are really important. We need to to beef those up significant. The other thing too that comes up that is the uh, pandemic preparedness for animals and uh, making sure that we, uh, you know, don't have an outbreak of swine flu. What do we do to react avian influenza, hoof and mouth, the list goes on and on, but, but you're right. No, those are things that, that we simply have to invest in. The other thing too, I would argue, you know, we're so blessed when you look at the inputs, uh, you know, to produce a, a crop, those have stayed kind of stable, you know, as far as the amount used, production has gone up dramatically. And that's through American ingenuity. Uh, we haven't invested near as much as we should, but, but with the dollars that they've had, uh, you know, our research entities have done a tremendous job making it so productive, our farmers uh, along with that. And uh, to go forward, you know, to, to, to have the cleanest water that we can have and, and the, you know, the healthiest soils and air, uh, that's simply going to be a vital part, maybe the most vital part as we go forward. And then along with that is broadband. Broadband's a good story. There's lots of money in the pipeline. Uh, that's like rural electrification. It's, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of, you know, getting it built out, which is going to take a little bit of time. But, but it's going to be so necessary. 
for the uh, modern day uh, farmer uh, of any size as they go forward. Okay. You know, I, I frequently say uh, annual appropriation bills are sometimes mini farm bills. Uh, with that in <laughs> mind, you saw the House mm. pull back their bill uh, through all sorts of concerns. Uh, Stabenow has, right. has indicated that uh, significant work on the farm bill won't be in public until the appropriations process is completed. Uh, do you agree with that? And if that's the case, we're really talking October or later, aren't we? No, I think that's right. I, I think that, you know, that we have to get that sorted out first. And that's that's going to be kind of an all hands on deck. And, you know, everybody's involved in that CBO. You know, the really, uh, you know, so many of us wear dual hats with, you know, our various committees. Yes. But uh, I've got a lot of confidence uh, in Senator Hoven and his counterpart that, uh you know, they did a great job coming up with a good product in the Senate, and uh, eventually the House will work its its way. And, and so, uh, yeah. but but that's not to say that that I think that Senator Stabenow is right in that. But that's not to say that staff and ourselves, you know, can't go forward and and uh, uh, you know with the things we need to do uh, to develop the farm bill. You know, Senator Chuck Grassley, I know you know him quite well, has already out there yes. with his annual uh, uh, reduce the payment caps and change the ownership structure as as far as worker requirements. But what I hear from tier one actual producers, uh, they think the payment cap should be increased relative to what we saw during pandemic related programs. You know, what is your position on that? Well, we have to look at that. I, I mean, I, I think the payment caps have been reduced in the sense that if you look at what those dollars are worth compared to, you know, a couple of years ago with inflation continued to climb, and inflation is much higher than, than the government measures. It's not that the government is cheating or doing anything like that. They just take into account things that, that maybe were important decades ago, but they're not to the average person now. So. Um, I, you know, I, this is something that we go through every farm bill, and we'll be working with Senator Grass, who got a lot of so much respect for him. He's gone through countless farm bills. I had the opportunity to be in Iowa with he and, uh, you know, Senator Ernst. And uh, so um, it's just another program that we need to make sure that is up and up to date. And I, I, you know, I, I'm, I have not voted with him in the past in that regard. And, and, and yeah, we we he understands that we you know we kind of agree to disagree. Understand. I'm going to end it on on a on an upbeat mode, uh, upbeat mode possibly. Uh, there are people who are saying congressional leaders from both political parties in both chambers want a feather in their cap relative to approving a major bill. And now the farm bill would qualify for that. Don't Does that give you momentum to actually get a farm bill completed that you'll have leadership protection on this one? Yeah, I really believe that. And, and you know, when you make up, look at the makeup of the uh, the House, uh, Republicans are, are in situations where they represent a lot of rural America. Uh, Democrats are in a lot of key areas in rural America where they've done such a good job. And, you know, 
representing their districts that they've been able to, you know, to hang on and do well. So it's important for both sides to, to, to make sure that rural America is taken care of. And when you look at the demographics, when you look at the population loss, uh, all of that is such that, that they desperately need the help. And, and then, too, understanding that food security is national security. And that's not just a cliche. In fact, I gave a presentation to the uh, to the um, uh, Republican caucus, and one of the senior members, I asked for questions, and one of the senior members said he, of the intelligence committee said, I'll have a question, but just to remind them that, that food security is national security. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of want to on both sides. Uh, we had the opportunity to meet with President Biden uh, several weeks ago. First thing he said was, Delaware is an ag state. I want to get a farm bill passed. So uh, that that I think is true, you know, pretty much across the board, and not only with leadership, but but I think with most rank and file. So it's just a matter of of you know, this is not 2018. It's uh, things are, are are so uncertain now, uh, you know, for for uh, all of our businesses. But I think particularly the agricultural business. We've just got to make sure that we, uh, you know, give them the tools they need. The other thing that I want to stress is, as we go through and look at these various risk management tools, those are going to be done in a fair way. Every state, uh, every region, uh, every commodity, uh, we're going to make sure that those are done fairly. And at the end of the day, that, that you know, we can have uh, a farm bill that, that everybody can live with, everybody's proud of. It will be. It won't be perfect, but it'll be something that we're proud of. The other thing is you have to judge us, I think, on two things. Things we get done, and then uh, I think there's some really bad stuff that we're going to prevent from happening that yes. people would like. Yes, it's what could, it's what <laughs> so could happen, judge right? Judge on that, too. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I understand. Well, Senator, you do. You like you say, you've been long around this <laughs> yes. longer than anybody. So uh, the uh, thank you for your time, and listeners now know how fluid and uh, up on the issues that you are, and that uh, should be very uh, pleasant to the ears of farmers and ranchers to know how embodied you are on these issues. I can tell you've been listening, and, and that's always good to hear, you know, Senator. Again, yeah. thank, you, thank you for your time. No, thank you, and thanks for all you do. That You know, uh, your shows and, and your blogs, and all of these things are so important, uh, uh, you know, to give the farm community uh, an idea of the rest, you know, just all of us in general, uh, what you're hearing and stuff. It, it really it's just everybody working together. And you're a big part of that. So thank you very much. A pat on the back. Okay. Thanks a bunch. Okay. Thanks a lot, Senator. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sure. And thank you for listening. I'm Jim Wiesmeyer. Keep watching for those signals. Mm-hmm.